Welcome to Fantasy or Reality, the GPP. Whatever road you took to get here doesn't matter. What matters is you're here. My hope is that we all can help one another in this journey. Welcome back to Fantasy or Reality. Hey guys and gals. Sorry it's been a while since I've uh, been here recording and posting. I am Steve. I am the host of this here podcast. So if you're listening to this podcast, I mean, uh, you, you probably know that sports betting uh, and fantasy and whatnot, but mainly sports betting became legal in a lot of states back in uh, January. And there's been a surge of growth of betting and, and wagering and whatnot. And, and, you know, with that came a host of new stories I guess I've been seeing posted in not posted but like in different articles and magazines and I mean I've been in a few and I've seen people I know that have been in a few and I've seen a bunch of other ones that have just popped up week after week honestly I mean I don't pay attention to the day-to-day stuff I mean geez it's been almost a month since I've put an episode out um, which I will get better with I will be more consistent with um, but uh, yeah so I came across just really tonight another article from the New York Times uh, it's called it's easy and legal to bet on sports do young adults know the risks um, yeah so yeah so I mean I, I read through this article and Probably a mistake looking at the comments. Looking at comments is probably the worst thing you can do. Um, I didn't even look at the comments on the article I was in because, you know, I didn't want to be, I guess, I don't know, upset by the negative ones that are just inevitably going to be in there. Sorry, I'm just thinking. Uh, But yeah, so uh, I looked at the comments in this one, which I'll kind of talk about and kind of react to a few of them um what my initial reaction was why i think i reacted that way and uh how i actually think about it so this story is mainly about this guy um not guy I man well yeah he's a guy I'm, yeah he's a guy his name is saul uh a guy a kid uh, i always do that my wife always makes says whatever can't even talk man um <laughs> I mean, I'm 38, so if I see 23, I'm going to call him a kid. Sorry, man. I know you're not a kid. You're an adult. But uh, to me, you're a kid, I guess. Uh, who knows? Um, this 23-year-old young man from Houston was uh, the focus of this story. I mean, the first thing that stood out to me is the um, first quotation. He says, making these bets online, it didn't seem like real money, he said of his addiction to sports betting. I didn't even really know what the value of money was. And that immediately hit me. I mean, I've said this a lot to the people around me, to my wife, and I'm sure I've said this on this podcast. Um, It didn't, I don't know, man, like the money on these sites like DraftKings and FanDuel just did not seem like real money to me. Um, I don't know, I could hold $100 in my hand and it seems like a lot of money. But $400, $1,000, for some reason there's just like a disconnect when it's on 
the screen like that. And I know this is just the way that life is now, the world, whatever. We're in this age of digital currency and digital everything and not a lot of money changes hands anymore. Um, anyway, so that just kind of stuck out to me. I uh, remember a lot of times, even when I would win thousands of dollars, like I'd be excited, but like, say it was like five grand. I mean, that would be great, but it wasn't like this imaginary goal I had set in my mind about whatever amount I thought I needed to hit. Um, whereas if I, you know, I had $5,000 in my hand or even in my bank account, I would, I don't know, I would just, for some reason, it just felt different. Even like, uh, even though it's just on a screen, uh, on DraftKings as opposed to like my bank account, like, I, I don't know. I, I just, for some reason, the, 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 the just, I don't know, man. <laughs> I still don't even fully understand it. Um, but anyways, so there were several things that popped out to me in this story. Um, let's see. I mean, this says, this is one of the things that stuck out to me. According to collegegambling.org, a subgroup of the International Center for responsible gambling, 6% of college students in the United States have a serious gambling problem that can lead to psychological difficulties, unmanageable debt, and failing grades. The first thought I have or had when I read that was just thinking back to when I was in college. Now, I wasn't a gambler or a better back then, but to me, I mean, I don't see gambling addiction as any different than drug addiction. I think addiction is addiction. Some people can agree, some people can't agree, uh, or may not agree. To me, that's just what it is. I mean, it felt the same, at least to me. Like, obviously, there were physical differences, like uh, using heroin, cocaine, all that stuff. Um, had a lot more physically addictive qualities as opposed to a gambling addiction. But um, just reading that made me think back to when I was in college. And um, how that just affected me in such a negative way. And there's a lot more than 6% of college students, I'm sure, that are affected by alcoholism and drug use, where it creates a lot of debt and failing grades. So, like, I can remember back to my, my last year in school. You know, this says it can lead to psychological difficulties, unmanageable debt, and failing grades. Psychological difficulties, for sure. I mean... I had a lot of stuff I was dealing with at the time, but the drug use getting out of hand obviously affected my mind state, my mood, how I felt, how I viewed myself, and uh, of course that's just going to affect the two other things. Unmanageable debt, I mean, I remember racking up probably close to $10,000 in credit card debt at that time, just taking cash advances to continue to go buying uh, you know, at that time it was Coke, um, just over and over again, day after day. And, uh, it created a large amount of debt. And with that created failing grades. I mean, I was doing very well in school at that point. 
or for a while. I mean, like that was my third year at that school. I'd done a year at a community college before that. Uh, this was my junior year. And um, before this, I had like a mid threes, a 3.5 or somewhere along those lines. I can't remember, but I know I was doing very well in my classes, even with like the previous two years where I was Drinking occasionally, you know, if you listen to this, you know, like when I went to college, I, you know, I had been clean for like 14 months and I relapsed just by drinking alcohol and smoking weed. Um, and I was able to kind of just do that for the first two years, but then my third year, just so much ended up happening and, um, I ended up falling into a really deep cocaine, uh, coke addiction and, um, yeah, creating a huge amount of debt and my grades plummeted. I ended up dropping out of school, um, which was something that psychologically affected me for a while. Um, it took me a long time to kind of get over the fact that, you know, I was doing well in school and I quit because of this addiction problem that I've kind of dealt with through a lot of my life. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, now I, you know, I'm very happy for where I'm at now and you know, I, I enjoy the job I do now as a truck driver. Um, I do well with it. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of hard dealing with the fact that I had been doing well in school. I fell deep into a Coke addiction, alcohol, you know, drinking a lot of rum along with the uh, constant use of Coke. I mean, I was probably doing at least an eight ball a day, if not more than that. Definitely towards the end, it was more than that. And especially when it became intravenous, I mean, it was, I mean, I'm not going to go into it again. I mean, if you want to, you can go back to listen to episode five and you can hear a lot of the detailed stuff with this, but, um, yeah. So anyways, um, yeah, I mean, another thing you can do it 24 seven from your phone. Um, yeah, you could do it 24 seven. I mean, if if there wasn't so much access to this on your phone, I mean, it, it's, it's just going to become more and more difficult, especially for, I guess I got to stop saying this, especially, you know, I'm this article saying it, I just was about to say, especially for younger men. I mean, this affects everyone. I'm sure there are young women out there who gamble. Uh, there are people of all ages that gamble. I mean, there's uh, some guys in my group that are, I mean, older than me and they're just coming in and our sports bettors or whatever. I mean, like to me, like betting is betting. I get they're doing these stories on it because it's uh sports betting is the new thing. It's, I mean, it's honestly, it's probably just to sell newspapers. I mean, it's kind of the feeling I got from the last story I did was just to sell some newspapers, but you know, it is what it is. I mean, if it's bringing uh, attention to this, then, then I'm happy. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know. So anyway, so looking further, uh, when people become addicted, the blame often falls on the individual rather than on an industry whose advertising and marketing, including bonuses and risk-free trials, are targeted to young men. More than half of adults surveyed by the National Council on Problem Gambling attributed gambling problems at least in part to moral weakness or lack of willpower, and fewer than half said they believed a medical or genetic condition played a role. Half of those surveyed said people with a gambling problem are to blame for their problems. 
I mean, I, I guess I kind of agree with the, the last part. People with a gambling problem are to blame for their own problems. I, I don't want to say that, like, what I mean by that is we have to take responsibility and realize, like, we got ourselves into this. Yes, this is an addiction. This is not, you know, this is not just... This is not just nothing. This is an addiction. Um, but this is not just a lack of willpower or moral weakness. I mean, some of the you know most kind and gracious people I've met in my life have been in these programs um, or in these support groups. This is not a moral weakness. Um, it's not a lack of willpower. You can't just will your way into stopping. I have tried that a thousand times. And I know it's not about willpower. It's not about moral weakness. Um, you know, if, if it were about willpower and dealing with negative consequences, we'd all be able to stop. I mean, I'm really into my health and fitness right now, and I do very well with my diet and my training. You know, I get up a half an hour earlier for work. I already have to be at work at 5 a.m., and I get up a half an hour early just to train three, four days a week. You know, that's willpower getting up. So there's definitely a difference between stuff in everyday life, I guess, or who knows? Do I even know what I'm talking about at the time? I don't know. I, I, I think I know, you know, I'm just talking about my life, my experience. Um, but to me, I, you know, yes, we make the first decision to start gambling. Uh, but a lot of us that have this compulsive nature with gambling, have a problem with gambling, uh, you don't realize it until you, too far into it. I mean, at least that's me. I mean, I, I can't talk for anybody else, but you know, the advertising is just psychotic right now. You know, I like, I, t I look at my phone and it's just every other thing on Facebook is about this sports book or that sports book, FanDuel, DraftKings, freaking Caesars and Bet Rivers. And it's just nuts, man. I mean, is it any wonder why people are betting billions of dollars on this stuff? It's it's nuts. Um, this says four point four billion was wagered with legal sports books around the country in January. That's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, another uh, the the kid the guy who was interviewed in this said it's just he's he's young so I mean he's just he's talking about uh, what what he sees in his life. So it's quoted here saying, it's just so accepted, so acceptable. It makes it just so easy to get involved with, he said. It's advertised as a normal part of being like a 20-year-old guy. Make some money, make some sports bets, make your fantasy team, whatever. It's just cool. And I've heard that from a, a lot of guys, even who've come through my workplace. You know, I'm, I've trained a lot of guys in my workplace and a lot of them are younger guys in their 20s and early 30s and they say the same thing. They've come from places where they may be in a break room and a whole bunch of guys are talking about the bets they're putting in or the bets they placed the night before or a lot of their friends, that's what they talk about. They've got group texts or whatever where they talk about their bets or their fantasy lineups. Um, but what I really like about this guy... Um, he said his struggle with addiction motivated him to pursue a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling. 
He discusses his addiction openly with the hope that doing so will sound an alarm about how quickly and easily dabbling, dabbling in sports betting can lead to disaster. And that's so true. So true. I mean, I... I, you know, it became a disaster in my life. I mean, if you've listened to this, you already know a lot of what happened. But um, it became a disaster real quick the second time around. And um, yeah, it can happen so fast. Um, yeah, and especially with it being on, you know, the 24-7 access, it's just... It's, I don't know. It's just scary. Just like he, he says here, right here. You owe, I think that the industry of sports betting is definitely evolving, which is scary for the public. He said, you're always clicks away from it anytime you want. It's out there 24-7. I don't think people are aware of how devastating the consequences will be. And that's true. So, let's dive into these comments. All right. Let's see. Let's see. I know there was a few in here that really set me off at first, and then I realized, why am I getting upset at this? I probably shouldn't have even read these at first, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, okay, here's one. Andrew from New York says, Just like many things, the vast majority will be responsible and enjoy it. A small, a small group will be irresponsible and create create problems for everyone else. I don't think anyone's denying um, that the vast majority can be responsible with this and enjoy it. And I don't think this small group that are affected by it, A, are, I don't believe that we are irresponsible. I believe that this is an addiction that no one wants to have. No one wants to be addicted to anything. And we're not trying to create problems for anyone else. You know, to me, I mean, at least in my opinion, I don't think this should be illegal. You know, if if there are, not if, there are plenty of people who can do this safely and legally. My best friend can do this safely and legally. Uh, legal. What? My God. My best friend John can do this. You can bet 10 bucks, and like many people, it's just part of their entertainment. They enjoy watching sports, and uh, they can do that. But there are people who cannot, like myself. And, um, you know, I don't think we're trying to create problems for everyone else. I, I mean, at least I can say I don't want this to be illegal because I have an issue with this. Just like I don't think alcohol or marijuana or a lot of other uh, addictive substances, you know, people should have the choice if they can use it you know, safely and um, without problem, I think they should be able to do that. Um, let's read another one. Let's see. I'm not even going to filter. Okay. Americans have made the connection with drugs and alcohol, but they haven't made that connection yet for gambling. This is because the insurance industry doesn't want it to happen. Think of all the money they'd have to pay out for treatment. They say this goes for video game or food addiction, by the way. In other country, the treatment for these addictions is covered not in america though there's still a huge stigma that it's all your fault um yeah there's definitely a huge stigma which is part of the reason why i do this podcast i kind of talk about this to try to normalize it um 
even if I feel like some of these articles aren't the best intended, just putting it out there will hopefully eventually reduce the stigma, just like it has for drug addiction. Um, and I don't necessarily think that these addictions should be covered by the government necessarily. I feel like these industries are taking in billions and billions of dollars. I don't think it's too much to ask that they set aside 1% to help those that have an issue. If it's supposed to be 1% or 2% that have problems with addiction for a product that they're selling, what's wrong about asking them to set aside some money for treatment for those who need help? You know, $4.4 billion in one month. I mean, what is that, $44 million in one month? That would go a huge and long way with helping those that um, I have a problem like this. Um, here's one that upset me at first. Let's see. Let's read through this. Um, it's still seen as a moral failing. Okay, see, okay, so he's quoting something that was in the article. It says, it's still seen as a moral failing rather than a medical disorder, Mr. White said. Americans have made the connection with drugs and alcohol, but they haven't made that connection for gambling. So then this person's response to that quote was, Sorry, but it's not genetically or biologically preordained that you place a $20 bet on the Yankees every day with resulting damage to your wallet, and that doing so is no different than developing Parkinson's disease or a dental cavity. Gambling is a character issue, just like making bad diet choices or watching too much television or being lazy at work is a character issue and not a medical one. So what do you think my first response or first thought was? My first thought was, well, fuck you, dude. That was my first thought. But that's not the right thought to have. And why am I even letting some random comment even make me think that? They just obviously don't understand or have never dealt with addiction. And, um, you know, that's their opinion. And I'm not saying they're even wrong for having that opinion. Anyone can feel however they want to feel. And I, I kind of also think that maybe... You know, it, it's it's widely seen as a disease. And maybe for, you know, the sake of comments like this and um, people that aren't accepting of the disease idea. Um, I mean, I don't have an idea of what to call it differently or whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's addiction. You know, yeah, maybe it's not the same as Parkinson's disease. But... Uh, a dental cavity. I mean, that's the result of uh, bad choices of eating candy over and over again. I don't believe it's a character issue. I think, you know, they say character defects in the programs that we're in. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. You know, I got upset at first when I read this comment, but it's all right. They can have their opinion. They can think what they want to think. There are some good comments in this and there's some bad comments in this in this article. Um Here's one that, uh, I think this is one I liked. <laughs> Let's read through it and see. Um, of course, the addictive part of sports betting isn't being addressed, just like Oxycontin and tobacco. Making money, getting young people hooked, make money later off treating them and trying to get them to go clean. And those that die from their addiction, just roadkill on the boulevard of greed, that the 1% has built for us.
selling something that a person doesn't want or need, but convincing them to do, getting them hooked on, and then coming back to spend money over and over again. That's American capitalism. Okay. Um, that wasn't it. Um, let's read through these comments and see if I can find the one I was looking for. Um, sorry, sorry, sorry. I probably should have bookmarked these, but I did not. I hope you like my horrible singing. Uh, okay, I think this might be it. Uh, let's see. As the article noted, what is particularly insidious about some of these sports betting sites is all the freebies they use to draw you in. Free matching of your deposit. Extra bonus if you win. What's to lose? It seems from one of the young men profiled in this story, pretty much everything, including your own integrity. If 47 million Americans bet on the NCAA and 1%, according to the article, have a gambling addiction, that's almost half a million Americans blowing everything for the thrill of nonstop action. Add that to the convenience of phone betting and it's easy to obtain lines of credit and you've got a ballooning problem on your hand very quickly. I think there needs to be significantly more regulation in this area and I'm not sure how effective they would be. However, because all addicts ultimately seem to find a way to feed their addictions, this is only going to get worse before it gets better. I agree. Um, I mean, that's basically what I said before. I, do, I don't see what is... Uh, oh, wait, no, that's not what I said. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of people that are affected by this, and I think the ridiculous uh, offers that they're giving on this, like uh, matching deposits and extra bonuses if you win, what's to lose? Um, there is a shit ton to lose. All right, sorry, back. I just paused it because I wanted to find the one I was looking for. Um, all right, this is the last one I'm going to go through, and then uh, we can call it a night, I suppose. Um, so here's the one that stood out to me. Um, this one is from someone named Fiona's mom in northern New Jersey. She writes, as it says in the article, about 1% of the population of gamblers are addicts. It is a disease for 1% of the participants. Participants. These companies are providing easier access for young people to gamble sight unseen on their phones, and so we can likely expect an accelerating rate of young adults to be saddled with the crippling consequences of a gambling addiction Given what is known about the disease of addiction and what the cost to society will be, the future, why we don't, let me see, sorry, given what we, what, God, given what is known about the disease of addiction and what the cost to society will be, the future, why don't we ask that, I don't know if there's some typos in here, that these for-profit corporations providing these services start contributing money to offset some of the costs that we know are coming to assist in the rehabilitation of the folks who succumb to this. God, I don't know why I can't read tonight. 1% of all gamblers times 13 billion in wagers per year equals $130 million. That's a nice starting number to create a fund to provide support for these folks paid for by the corporations who created the problem in the first place. This industry is basically Philip Morris or Oxycontin all over again. When will we ever learn? I'm sorry I completely butchered your comment. I'm sure you will never listen to this, but uh, 
I apologize, Fiona's mom. Yeah, if you could understand any of those ramblings, it's kind of a lot of what I've just said. She's saying that 1% of all gamblers times $13 million in wages for the year is $130 million. I don't think that is too much to ask for for these corporations to set aside DraftKings, FanDuel, yes, you, and you know all these other sports books start setting aside some more money and some more help. Um, and, you know, like they say, it's basically, like she says, it's basically Philip Morris or Oxycontin all over again. I mean, it's, to me, I mean, yeah, they're different than cigarettes and, and Oxycontin, but yeah, it's the same type of thing. It's being advertised like crazy. It's being pushed on people. It's going to create addicts and addictions, and the social cost is going to be crazy. Um, and it's going to end up falling on the healthcare system at some point. Um, with mental health counseling and addiction centers opening up, and I, I think they should be held accountable. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, we have to take responsibility for our actions. I mean, there's a few other ones in here that I read. I'm not going to keep just scrolling through and looking at um, these comments and whatnot, but uh, the gist of a lot of these negative ones are people saying, you know, basically like man up or you know be a man or or you know it's a moral failing or it's your own problem or why should we illegalize this for the the few people who have a, a problem with it um i agree we have to take responsibility for ourselves that is that is the only way to move forward in recovery is basically taking responsibility for your actions. Um, yes, you acknowledge that this is a disease or an addiction or whatever you want to call it. Um, but you, you have to take responsibility for this. You have like, no one is saying, at least in our programs that, you know, it's, it's not my fault. It's, it's, it's what happened to me. No, you know, these are decisions we made like by picking up your first drink or, picking up the first drug or making the first bet or whatever. And we just ended up becoming addicted to whatever substance or problem it was. And um, maybe they just don't fully understand addiction or, I mean, I can't even fault them because especially with like betting and stuff like that, until I got into recovery, I didn't even see this as an addiction, which is why it's important to continue doing these stories and continue speaking out about it. Because, you know, I don't care about throwing myself out there. I mean... I'm okay with it. I've, I've come to ter two terms with who I am and I'm not ashamed of the fact that I've had addiction issues and have been a, you know, gambling addict and a heroin addict and a coke addict and probably a list of 10 other things. Um, so I'm comfortable with talking about this and if anyone disagrees with me or thinks I'm wrong, I would be happy to talk with you and uh, explain my side of things. I'm not trying to speak for anyone else. I'm just speaking for me and how I feel. And yeah, so I guess uh, the moral of the story is don't read comments ever. You know, it makes me, you know, of course there are some good ones or some bad ones. I mean, just like looking at Facebook or whatever. I mean, that's the only thing I have. Like some are good, some are bad. I mean, I think social media in general is just horrendous for society and for mental health, but, uh, that's a whole nother discussion and 
podcast or whatever you want to call it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, there were some good things in here and some bad things. Um, I'm happy I didn't read through the comments in uh, mine. Uh, I probably could go through it now. I wouldn't really care. Honestly, I, I could care less what anybody else has to say or think about me at this point. I know who I am, and I am comfortable with who I am. And uh, I'm also okay with the fact that some people don't fully understand addiction. Um, oh, man, I don't even fully understand it. I've just accepted that this is obviously an issue I've had. Um, I get it's hard sometimes for people to fully understand addiction if they haven't been through it or haven't had a family member go through it. Um, I don't understand why you would feel the need to comment on a New York Times article. Um, but I'm sure there are plenty of things I do and have done that people don't understand. But, uh, yeah, anyways. So thank you for listening to my ramblings for the evening. Um, I'll put a link to this article. Uh, I think it was a good story. I liked reading through it. And, you know, I commend, um... This kid for a kid, I keep doing that. He's a 23-year-old young man. Um, I commend him for putting himself out there like I did. It's not easy. Um, Saul Malek, I'm sorry. Saul Malek, I'm really sorry if I'm butchering your name, buddy. Um, but I'm proud of you. You did a great job with this story. I know it's not easy speaking out about your addiction and your problem, but it's fantastic what you're doing. It really is, you know, reading through this and seeing that your problem with addiction and gambling, you, you know, the fact that you, you got this, it doesn't say when your the last date of bet was, but, uh, I mean, if you're 23 and you already are going through a master's, you know, program to become a mental health counselor um, because of this, then... Let me just think about it. This is probably one of the best things that could have happened to you. It's horrendous when it happens, but look at the life choices you're making. You know, it's pushed you into a career that you're going to help a lot of people with. Uh, people like myself that have been helped from fantastic mental health counselors. It's pushed my wife into going to mental health counseling. She's in the process of doing that. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm you know, who knows? Maybe he'll listen to this. Maybe he won't, but, uh, Saul Malik, let me know if I screwed your name up. Um, but stay strong, buddy. Um, stay bet free. Um, yeah. And everyone else that's listening to this, I appreciate you listening. I'm proud of you if you're staying bet free or drug free. You know, if you slip up, that's okay. You know, this is not a linear path. Um, you know, I've got close to 14 months bet free and uh close to 13 years um drug free and um you know but a lot of relapses before each one of those those dates so don't get down on yourself if you're back at day one you just kind of got to reflect on how you got there what you can do better um if you're not comfortable going to in-person meetings uh, if you're a younger person or anyone really who has a problem with going to in-person meetings, uh, I'm part of several online groups and online support meetings. Feel free to message me and I can get you into our support groups. So thanks again for listening. Be good to yourselves and each other.
Here's where to get help. You can call or text 1-800-522-4700. That's the National Council on Problem Gambling. Or you could call 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. This is where I found um, the link to my therapist through my local counselor. And then also, we cannot forget our affected others. My wife goes to Gammonon every week, and it's been a huge help to her. So anyone in your life who you feel like needs help or you've affected through your gambling, you can go to gammonon.org, G-A-M dash A-N-O-N dot org. The number is 718-352-1671.